live via Skype. It's a DB&J wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Turnbuckle Jim, and with me is... Fast Count Brian. All right, Brian, you ready to talk about some wrestling? Yes, I am, but first, um, I'm, I'm very thankful that you made it to the show after your life-threatening experience over the weekend. Yep, I did have a, um, well, it was over Thursday, but yes, I did have a bit of a car accident, but I'm fine. Ready to kick some ass. That's right, that's right. You inspired many top five lists, but we will not use those at this time. Oh, come on, I actually want to do the top five collisions of all time. I think that's actually a pretty cool list. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we're just going to do uh, our quick rundown of Raw, what we thought about it, what we liked, what we didn't like. We're going to then do some trivia, um, try to stump each other, and uh, then also uh, do our top five list then. Actually, you know what, we'll do our top five list last. In between, we'll do a retrospective of the... Uh, Attitude Era with uh, No Way Out 98, last pay-per-view before WrestleMania 14. No um, Way Out of Texas. <laughs> then I'll do our top five list. Think you had the top five uh, team battles? Yeah, that one was a little harder than I thought. And yeah. not because of... Uh, not because of like trying to find a reason to put Edge on a list. That's not the case. Oh yeah. But um, I got the top five Mick Foley matches of all time. So uh, that was that was also a bit of a challenge to do. But I think I have a pretty good mix. And mm. I actually decided to go with this. Well, you'll find out, folks. So first of all, Brian, what did you think about Raw? You mean the season premiere? Of- season premiere of what? What the fuck are they doing? Season premiere of Raw. <laughs> Uh, would it have anything to do with the fact that, you know, Monday Night Football kicked off yesterday? It must have something to do with it. Um, did you watch all of Raw, or did you watch football? Uh, well, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of both there. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really care, not really care, but <sighs> the Jericho-Wyatt match didn't really enthuse me any. Really? I like the ending to it, but yeah, I think most of it was pretty ho-hum in terms of a cage match. There was very little, like, uh, suspense or psychology there. Well, I mean, it's not even... I feel bad saying this, but, like, with the way that they job Wyatt out to Cena like that, yeah. it's like he... And the way that, like, they're, like, ho-humming this feud to begin with, mm-hmm. I'm not really, like, feeling that even him beating Jericho inside the cage. I don't know if it's a blow-off for the feud or, or what, but I just don't think that it was... He needs a big. He needs like another signature win to get back on track. True. He needs to beat somebody big, like um, like a Chris Jericho uh, or somebody else of the caliber. So yeah. What about um, Alberto Del? Uh, never mind. Yeah. Jobbers of the stars. Um, I don't know. Um, I thought that was an okay cage match, but yeah, I think it was a good starter, but nothing like not a great like you know blow off match or anything like that. Um, I did like the NXT guys showing up and doing a match. Yeah, yeah, that was a little surprising that those guys got that time. Yeah. Much like it was with uh, Adam Rose's bunny doing more wrestling moves. <laughs> yeah, that was that segment itself where um, taking on uh, shoot what's his face uh, Titus O'Neil. Oh, man. Well, you know what the rumor is, right? What? That's Darren Young? That's Darren Young, yeah. Uh, But, like, like, as soon as, like, they turned on each other, or Ty's turned on Darren, like, that feud went nowhere. So you're going to start it up six months later with him coming back in a bunny suit? I don't get it. Yeah, it starts somewhere. Anyway, um... But yeah, as far, as far as wrestling, I thought this was uh, was was an okay um, raw. But yeah, I think what really brought it down was segments like the Bellas <laughs> and the Jerry Springer. I mean, honestly, I hate when they they think that like 
shit that was popular like 20 years ago. I mean, literally, it's like 20 years ago. Like Jerry Springer was was big. Um, and they bring him in, and it's like going to not ruin this. I mean, it, the whole thing just ruins Raw in general. I thought, and, and the, the Bella Twins like really like Brie versus Stephanie. That works because Stephanie's able to carry that feud. Bella versus Bella. I mean, honestly, I couldn't give two craps about this. Uh, I just think that if they're rushing it, honestly, I mean, granted, there's only one female in the authority, so to speak, too, I guess, but yeah. I don't really think that they've done enough to uh, to do that. And, you, and I don't know, they could have brought Paige in as, like, like their heel, um, you know, person to go, like, knock out, you know, Brie Bella, and I don't know. I yeah. just think the whole thing's just been mishandled. Yeah, I, the mishandled, and this, let's just face it, the Bellas suck. Well, it's it's a byproduct of like ninety nine percent of what you see from the deal is 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 directly because of the TV show and nothing else. Yeah, the TV show honestly is ruining my, my raw product, and I think at this point, anytime I've seen like those guys on TV, I'm just gonna change the channel. So we got we got football to watch now, so I have something else. Uh, anyway, it's, um, it's so tough. Like, like, do you really care that you know? And I don't even know why I picked this up. I think it read somewhere like the big deal on the show now is that you know, Cena said he was going to marry her or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't watch it. I have no intentions of watching it. Um, but you know, I understand some people like who are not wrestling fans will watch it because they watch any kind of reality TV show. Yeah. Um. So if you, I mean, I, I don't know, man. This the whole thing is just. If you cared for Rosa Mendez, they have naked, blurred out Rosa Mendez. That's what I heard. Well, you could have seen some naked, blurred out uh, Miz last night too. Uh, jeez. And then what is stunt doubles for? Stunt double with a stunt butt. Yeah. Okay, I, honestly, I did think that segment was funny, and it just lasted about as long as it needed to be. So, I thought that was kind of good, but um, but okay. yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. I know they're hyping up the season premiere, but if you looked at the card for, like, Night of Champions, like, you know, Orton and Reigns in a steel cage, like, are either, neither of those guys have a pay-per-view match. Same thing for Jericho. Same thing for Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Like, what are they doing for these? Seth Rollins doesn't have an opponent. I imagine it's Roman Reigns. I'm not sure, but none of that stuff's been set up yet. Yeah, it's it's well. I mean, next week they're probably gonna be do, busy doing a lot, lot of uh, last-minute booking. It's just been kind of a cluster f in terms of the booking this past uh, three weeks or so. The first raw after uh, SummerSlam was excellent, and these last two were just terrible. And this one was was okay, but I still give it a B minus at best, maybe a C plus. Yeah, I have to agree. I just feel like, again, too many weeks between a pay-per-view, they don't know what to do with themselves. They really don't. Um, it's, it's quite sad, but I think that there's just a, just a few tweaks they need to make, and this would be a great product to watch again. And but, yeah. but then again, you know, I don't know why. <laughs> We're watching it, otherwise it's the trash it on YouTube. True. I mean... I mean, what else? What else is there? I mean, Bobby Lashley is a TNA champ. Did you know that? Um, I think I was somewhat aware of that. Yeah. So again, yeah, this is what we have. Either take it or leave it. True that. True that. Anyway, so what would you give Raw uh, overall? I, I well, um, not to sound you know communist, I suppose, but I agree with you. It's a C plus is all around. Yeah. 
Also, we forgot to mention the, uh, the... I did think the Cena-Paul Hammond segment was good, a little long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they really need to give Cena the edge uh, as being a face. I mean, it's just gimmick. He's going to be a face no matter what people yeah. throw at him. I, I don't know if that's really a good gimmick for anybody. <laughs> but he really needs to have some kind of spark to him because he's just freaking boring. Man, um... You know, it's funny. Like, what, what was the line that he used where he's like, you know, he beat Undertaker, and Undertaker has been back since, but he beat me, and I came back the next night. Like, I mean, yeah, is that really a valid argument? Is there any Undertaker wrestles once a year for the last, like, five years now? Well, Undertaker's also, like, what, 14 years older than Cena, too, so he's got some, some more uh, mileage on him as well. Yeah, so. but like, he's trying to build himself up at the expense of a guy whose clearly best days were well behind him. Cena Taker next year? No. Well, I mean, did you see the story where Sting's going to be wrestling a match? It's like, That's it's, the rumor. And yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so moving on, because um, that's enough of what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, throw me some trivia, man. What, what questions do you have for me? Try to stump me up. Uh, all right. I promise not to be so helpful. That wasn't the last time I did it. Um, all right. So yeah, no help. No help at all. This is a, a WrestleMania question, sir. Can you name the WrestleMania, the only WrestleMania that did not feature one singular one-on-one singles match between male competitors? Wow. That's a good one. Um, But I got to go. Was it WrestleMania 16? Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was really hard. Because the only thing I, thing I thought about was, like, the main event was the the, the four-way dance. So, wow. Mm-hmm. Not one... Uh, not one single match. He's really had, like, the Jericho-Benoit angle. And then there was, like, the hardcore, like, 20-30 uh, wow. minute match or something. Yeah, they really wanted to have everybody in that WrestleMania, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Man, that was a hard year without... Well, actually, it was a pretty good year without uh, Austin. I, I like that year. It was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and, like, it's just, like, just remembering the car on top of my head, yeah, I don't... There was not one single one-on-one match. Yeah, that is crazy. All right, well, I have a question for you, then. Uh-oh. Um, so, did the, the McFoley list this week. I uh, was able to do a little research on McFoley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are aware that he was the first hardcore champion. Yeah, like, he... he uh, Vince Man gave him the bell as a joke. Right. Do you remember the man or person or woman or whatever who defeated him for the belt? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, not a chance. Would oh. you like a clue or had a question that could Just, get? I have no I have no way to phrase that because uh, okay, what do you, do you remember, like, does it say what, like, month and year? It was like 98, wasn't it? Um, it was 98. I believe it was December of uh, 98. Um, so, December of 98. Correct. Hmm. Was it Road Dog? No. Oh. Damn. It was the big boss man. Now, I'm sorry, it's November 30th of 1998. Dang. Yeah, no idea. Boss man. Didn't even think about it, because, like, it ended up... Oh, no, no. 
I got them mixed up because Billy Gunn had the hardcore title at WrestleMania. Never mind. I, I got Road Dogg and Billy Gunn mixed up. Doesn't matter. It's still wrong. Uh, yeah, you got it wrong. Sorry, buddy. Well, you know what? But as we're going, I got. I'm going to do my last one right now. Charge up there. Okay. Your last one. Yeah. Can you name the wrestlers? And I mean, there's a technicality on this as always, but who was a triple crown champion in both WCW and WWE? There's three people. Three people. Okay. Um, and we're thinking triple crown, U.S. title, tag team titles, and world heavyweight title. Yeah, but if you're, you could also include like intercontinental title as well. Oh, so as, like WWE is concerned. Right. Okay. So we're, okay. Uh, Kevin Nash. No. Really? No, he was never a U.S. champ. That's right. He was never a U.S. champ. Okay. Um, Bret Hart. That is that is one, sir. Okay, that's pretty ABC. Chris Benoit. That is another one, yes. Um, third guy. Damn it, this is. Oh, uh, Booker T. How? Uh, that's good. That is that is it, sir. I've been watching a lot of wrestling. Unfortunately, when those guys won the belts. Um, but I thought we mentioned wouldn't mention Chris Benoit's name anymore. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I know, I know. Seven years, you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, we're gonna talk about No Way Out, February 1998. Sure. I or, mean, actually, I should say this is No Way Out. In your house. Uh, no Way Out of. Texas. That's right, No Way Out, Texas. They said that so freaking much. I, I think there was like some technicality or something like that. They had to say No Way Out of Texas or, or something. I don't I, know. It was like some stupid thing with WCW maybe with the pay-per-views. No clue. Yeah, because they had Canadian Stampede, which they couldn't use or something like that. I don't know. It was crazy. So anyway, uh, man, this was actually kind of a rough pay-per-view to watch before uh, for Mania. There was plenty of matches where the crowd just did not give a Yeah, so I'm just going to fly through these as best I can. Um, uh, overall, what, what did you think the pay-per-view? You think it was pretty crappy? Yeah. I, I agree with you. This was kind of... I don't know. I, I don't know why I remember the Attitude Era with such rose-covered glasses, because if you're watching this, it's pretty bad. Uh, so we had the Headbangers. Mosh and Thrasher defeated the artist formerly known as Goldust. Just Goldust and shit on his face. And Mark Murrow, um, who sent Sable back to, to the locker room uh, early. Man, that, that's, that shit gets old. Because, like, it's pretty much, I mean, it's like an extension of, like, how Savage would used to treat Elizabeth or, like, in a, in a way where, like, you know, everybody knew that she was she looked good and, you know, but, it, like, he wouldn't let her do certain things or act a certain way or talk to the fans or whatever. But, yeah. Like and you and you see it like in like the very next year with Jeff Jarrett and Deborah, right? Um, you know, maybe yeah. I think I think so. I think it's where like Deborah tries to show off the puppies and Jarrett like sends her to the back. Yeah, well, it's a frequent occasion, but like Luna scares the crap out of me. Luna's a little weird. She's been well. I think that was her stick wish that she uh, she was weird and bizarre. Uh, and that's when they paid her up with Goldust. At least he's, she's not uh, leading him by a dog leash, and he's reading freaking Dr. Seuss. 
Yeah. You know, I, I I was watching one of those Legends of Wrestling things on the on the nine ninety nine WWE Network. Yep. But and there was this thing on there where Dusty Rhodes was talking about how he, you know, it was like lukewarm, but he was really impressed with how they did Goldust at first, and then he just got mad because it got watered down. And it sucked at the end, and this is where it got watered down. It, it just got weirded down, if you ask me. Like they went so bizarre, it just didn't make any sense. Like, you know, there was I don't think there was anything wrong with him being the way he was and having Terry with him as opposed to Luna. That's yeah, good. I don't know why they broke up. Attitude Era, we got to do everything crazy now. Ah. Anyway, um, but yeah, the wrestling this match I thought was okay, but it was nothing really to write home about. I mean, looking at Mero, can you, can you believe, like, oh yeah, that dude was Johnny B. Bad. It's like two different guys. Well, he lost the spray tan, and so... There you go. Anyway, next matchup we have Takamushinaku, our light heavyweight champion, uh, versus Pantera. Um, like, of course, being a Not the awesome Pantera, the wrestler Pantera, who, uh, I don't know, this is actually, I thought this is a kind of decent match because these guys are pretty well matched up with the luchador style. Um, so I liked it. <laughs> you know, my only problem is that the light heavyweight division was like two people, three people. Uh, yeah. You know, so like this this was a very Luke weak sauce uh, type yeah, of weight. It was incredibly weak, yeah. Yeah, and, and what's with the and what's with Sonny again doing like, you know, like little bit roles in each pay-per-view or something. I don't know. They, they really... I mean, she did not have a role for, like, most of... Or actually, all 97. She stopped managing, I think, when... Uh, Body Don is... Well, I can't remember. I never really thought her as a manager, but uh, she had no roles in 97 and 98. They are just like, well, we got to do something with her. Um, I think she also had a bad problem with substance abuse at this point, mm-hmm. so it was kind of hard to get her on a regular program. Yeah. So to speak. She still looked pretty good at the time. She looked damn good. Oh, my goodness. She looked great. Um, yeah, especially, isn't is, I mean, is there a coincidence that it followed up Sable, like, immediately? Mm, no, nah, coincidence at all. No, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think we've done as much as we can for that match. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the, oh, God, the Godwins. These guys are like the bane of like watching the uh, watching this period because they just they're just not good. They're just boring, and they're taking on. They're, they're actually went on to beat the Quebecers, Jacques Rougeau and uh, Pierre Olet. Uh, did you recognize that these guys were the same Quebecers as like from the early nineties? Yeah. Um, this gained like a hundred pounds each though. Well, the problem if you watched WCW the year before that, they were the French Canadian Connection. Oh man, I I forgot that. But did uh, what's his face have like the eye patch in that time? Yeah, he did. You, you remember like he came back as Jean Pierre Lafitte and he uh, like wrestled Bret Hart at a pay per view. Like no clue. he stole Bret Hart's jacket and that's what started the feud. Hmm. How about yeah, that? I didn't I didn't know that they were gonna bring him back as the Quebecers because they were pretty lame then. They're talented, but Rougeau had a long, like a longer life in wrestling than I expected. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Mountie gimmick. I mean, we, we remember him because he had like the suckiest gimmick of all time. Um, suckiest gimmick to win the IC title, I should say. He's, there's no worse. Um, but yeah, he actually was a pretty decent wrestler. I gotta give him credit for that. Yeah. Well, the, okay. Uh, the one thing that kept me entertained 
saying though was his bald spot. <laughs> that was very bad because like if he had, if it was like combed over, it didn't last long. Though that 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 hole that patch on his head was huge. Yeah. So anyway, the the this match was I honestly couldn't get too curious about who was wrestling this match. So moving on. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have Justin Bradshaw defeated um, JBL. Hey. Uh, Justin Bradshaw defeated Jeff Jarrett, the North American heavyweight champion at the time. Um, yeah, um, okay. That angle was complete crap. Yeah, I don't remember the angle at all, actually, except for I kind of changed the channel because it was pretty crappy. Well, it's like, I, I read up on it. It's something that, like, you know, Vince was getting pretty desperate, so he brought those, the you know, the whole NWA thing, you know, like, yeah. and, like, but why bring the titles back? No one cared. Like, at that point, most of your WWF audience is, like, kids or teenagers, and they're not going to remember what the NWA was. Not too much, but uh, bringing the Jim Cornette, I think, is always a good idea because you will join your corporation, your, your company, do some, you know, commentary, do some managing, leave or get fired, and then just talk bad about you the rest of your life. So, but, but the Midnight Express coming back, and then they had like the fake Rock and Roll Express, or well, maybe I got, I got it reversed. I don't know, but but well, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, those guys are well past their prime. It's ridiculous. It's just it was very bad. It was, that, but then you know I can't imagine. I, Despite what everyone says, I, I felt bad for Jarrett. I thought he was they could have done better with him than they did. Yeah, he really didn't get his stride until like a year, about a year later. Um, and at that point, he left the company and then went to WCW and then had some pretty bad times. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Race War 98 concludes. Oh. And a war of it. This is, this is a war of attrition match, but I have no idea what the heck that even meant. Um, war of racial attrition. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but anyway, we actually have a, a mixed uh, race team here with uh, Ken Shamrock, Ahmed Johnson, mm-hmm. and the remaining disciples of Apocalypse. So uh, some diversity. Uh, defeating the, the Nation of Domination, which consisted of the time of the, of the Rock, Farouk, D'Lo Brown, Kamal Mustafa, and Mark Henry. Um, I thought this was actually pretty good. This is probably the best match of the night. Yeah, they they played up the whole you know thing with Rock and Farouk, and Rock wanted to lead the nation, and Farouk was trying to like hold his place. Oh, they did that pretty well. Yeah. Um, as far as like the other guys go, I didn't even know Ahmed Johnson was still around. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is like his one of his last matches. Yeah, I mean, did you know he went to WCW and was part of the uh, the new Harlem Heat? I unfortunately do know that, yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. But, but yeah, like, I mean, the match itself was good. Like, you know, Shamrock needed that, mo- uh, I guess he needed that momentum to go into the WrestleMania match with the Rock that he had. Yeah. Well, it's definitely good momentum. Um, and, you know, it's a good way to kind of end the feud between a lot of these guys, uh, except for Apocalypse and Ahmed Johnson with the Rock, with the, uh, the Nation, so... I didn't even know the DOA was that important, especially after uh, Crush left to go join the NWO. Yeah, well, the Cycles of Apocalypse, those guys were actually, um, they, they seemed to be pretty over with the crowd, too. Um, pretty much because they were the only white guys in there. But anyway. Um, how, how about the fact that they had a bunch of busted gimmicks? You know, I feel bad for making fun of Crush, but they were what, the, the Harris Brothers, DOA, and then, God, who else was it? Like the... They're like the twins from like the Appalachian Mountains or something. Yeah, 
um, they had some pretty. I think they did have some pretty comic gimmicks. Um, they were the bellows of their time. Well, let's see here. According to Wikipedia, um, they were the Blue Brothers, Eli and Jacob. That's who I was thinking. The Bruise Brothers, Don and Ron. The Creative Control, Gerald and Patrick. I guess they're in WCW. Disciples yeah. of Apocalypse, Skull and Eight Ball, which is probably their best gimmick out of all these things. Isn't that kind of sad? Yeah. Disciples of Destruction, Don and Ron. The Grim Trins, uh, Jared and Jason. The Harris Boys, Don and Ron. The Harris Brothers, Don and Ron. And the Harris Twins, Don and Ron. Um, so, did, yeah. Did, did they jump to TNA when Jared took it over? Or uh, Jared- they did have TNA cred, too. Um, I can't really show you what they did in TNA because it will take forever. But, yeah, oh, so, yeah, they were, pretty much busted gimmicks all around. They were there. Good for them. But, yeah. I mean... Uh, I mean, look, by 98, the nation had been around for like over eight years. So I'm not too terribly surprised that, you know, they were building the rock up the way they did. Yeah. Well, the, the nation at this point, too, was kind of the newer nation, so there weren't, you know, the. Uh, it wasn't definitely not the same crew that they ran in with, you know, the same time last year, so. Where's where's PG 13? Uh, I think Wolfie D and. Uh, shit, what's this other guy's name? Yeah, Wolfie D and. Uh, Oh crap! What was the guy's name? Ice, uh, JC Ice. Um, yeah, those guys took their their talents back to uh, USWA, I think, at this point. Yeah, terrible. Mm. Just terrible. Uh, next up, we have Kane defeating Vader. Um, Kane apparently going through all of uh, the former charges of Paul Bearer. Mm. Kind of like CM Punk going through all Paul Heyman's guys. Kind of like that. Um, but this was, you know, pretty much monster versus monster. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're building Kane up, up to uh, to take on Undertaker, sort of like that. Uh, overall, I think that was a pretty decent match. Yeah, I mean, it, it did its purpose. I mean, for, for sure, like, Kane needed as much exposure as he could get, you know, for a guy that doesn't talk at all. <laughs> I don't know if he's got the little voice marks yet or not. No, but. he wasn't even talking at this point. I think he talked for an entire year. He pantomimed though. Oh, if you ever, oh, I think I remember like you, um, if you ever watched like the Attitude Era stuff that they put on uh, the network now. Yeah. Um, one of the Smackdowns they had, they like uh, this is the first time that Kane talked by himself. He's like, suck it. Yeah, something like that. That's garbage. <laughs> but yeah, like he, he needed that win. I really liked Kane at that time before they just flew barred him up pretty bad. You know, for a guy who has been with some really busty gimmicks, speaking of which, he really got something like some good uh, heat with this gimmick. They did. Kane was pretty much a, up until like the WrestleMania. I think it was a perfect gimmick of all time. Like they built him up well. He was solid. He looked like he could defeat the Undertaker. Uh, even though spoiler alert, he doesn't. I thought Legend was the second guy behind the 20-something Africa. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so we come to our main event, which is the team of Steve Austin, Owen Hart, Cactus Jack, and Chainsaw Charlie, a.k.a. Uh, Terry Funk. Uh, middle-aged and crazy. Middle-aged and crazy. I want to be just like that when I'm 50. Uh, defeated the team of uh, Proto Degeneration X, Triple H, the New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn, and Road Dog, um, with China, and somehow Savio Vega is put in the mix too. They're 
sanctioned guy in the non-sanctioned eight-man tag team match. Um, oh. What do you think of this match overall? Not, not cool. Here's the thing: they had the promo where Triple H was talking. Oh was talking about that you know the phones were ringing off the hook and people from all over the world wanted to be part of this match and it was Savio Vega it was Savio fucking Vega yeah that's just sad yeah I'm like that, that pretty much would have been the downer for the main event if it wasn't for the fact that Austin was in the main event yeah that's true yeah and Austin guess- wasn't I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, if Austin wasn't in the match, then this would have been really, really disappointing. And I know they, I guess they brought up the fact that they mentioned that Michaels got hurt in the uh, Undertaker match and that he was, um, I guess he wasn't uh, going to be able to compete that night. Or yeah. But I mean, it was pretty entertaining. I mean, the stuff with like Austin and China, I thought was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, China was good. She definitely held her own back in the day. Uh, I like that. Um, I, I like the beginning. It was kind of like a garbage. It was pretty much every man for himself at that point. Garbage wrestling, which did really you know eat up. Um, but then it kind of you know turned into a regular four versus four tag team match. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin gets the tag, gets the win, and then the faces win, heels lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go home. You didn't like the, the you don't like the random bits of chaos before the match starts. The random bits of chaos were cool. Um, I think that at this point the the matches themselves aren't great, but the stuff between them is awesome. Indeed. So, <laughs> but does it does it sufficiently tie it over Steve Austin to WrestleMania? Ooh. Um. Yeah, I'd say so. But does it build up anything? Everything like because you know like the Rock fights Shamrock, right? Well, they did a decent job there, they but did. Owen Hart fights Triple H at WrestleMania. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if that was sufficiently done. I don't really think... I mean, Undertaker Kane is always going to be there, but yeah. I mean, I, the pay-per-view was just... I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't... You, the one thing WWF should have never done was follow the WCW format of having a crap where the title is not on the line, I think, for the main event. Granted, Michaels was hurt. Yeah. But you don't put an eight-man tag match as the main event. That's not on my top five list by any means. <laughs> but, I mean, but even still, through all that crap, it was still better than what WCW was doing. Because if you look right at this same time period, it was like, I think, uh, Super Brawl? Uh, was like, yeah, it was Super Brawl, um, which yeah, was... Well, let's go ahead and look at the their pay-per-view they offered at it the was, same time. It was the Sting-Hogan rematch. Oh, God. So. Their, their programs they did back in those times were just terrible. Steiner. Um, Scott Steiner turned on his brother and joined NWO. I remember that. Um, yeah, so we go with uh, Super Brawl 8. Um, let's see here. Booker T defeated Rick Martel. Actually, they had some pretty good feuds. Booker did T they, defeated Saturn. Did Jericho fight? Was it Hoobintude? Like, or... Uh, Jericho de- 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 uh, defeated Juventude, yeah. There we go. Uh, Goldberg defeated Brad Armstrong. That's not worth watching. <laughs> uh, the British Bulldog defeated Steve McMichael. Who the hell cares? Uh, DDP defeated Chris Mouat to attain the uh, U.S. Championship. That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. Lex Luthier defeated Randy Savage. Eh. Savage was like the going with the whole loose cannon gimmick thing right there. Yeah, pretty much. The Outsiders defeated the Center Brothers. Um, yes. And Hulk Hogan defeated uh, Sting defeated Hulk Hogan to win the, the championship. If you want to have some entertainment and you're just absolutely bored and you want to see somebody like oversell getting their butt kicked, go to the Steiner match. 
when they when Scott turns on Rick and they and they start beating up uh, Ted DiBiase, who was the Steiner Brothers manager, like yeah. he oversells like you wouldn't believe. It was hilarious. I will definitely have to check that out. But yeah, actually, that does sound like a pretty good pay per view. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing that. Tell you the truth. So, um, so what would you give No Way Out of this pay per view? I give it a D. Mm. Oh, there's, um, there's I give there. There's not much to say about this thing. Uh, I wouldn't pay the money to see it, so I would give it a D plus at best. Yeah, but okay. One thing that I'm confused about is like, did they advertise Shawn Michaels for the match and he pulled out at the last minute, or how did that work? Because I would have been ripped off if I was trying to see Shawn Michaels and did not get my money's worth. I can't remember if they did or not, but I remember this, his injury was kind of like up in the air. Yeah, they were just trying to get him the WrestleMania, and that was it. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, he's got really hurt in that Nertigger match, too. His back just snapped. Anyway, um, so should we finish up with our top five lists? Absolutely. Now, I know, and I like how this thing goes, so what I what I would like to propose is, like, we just keep this kind of thing going, but more like, um, like it, since I have a top five that's not a wrestler and you did, we flip-flop it week to week. Okay, so just, I would give you, say, a wrestler, and then you would give me uh, a non-wrestler uh, top five. Okay. Yeah. And I believe yours this week was the top five McFoley match. I did do the top five McFoley matches. And you know what? I, I love me some McFoley. Um, that guy really grew on me um, as a wrestling fan. Because, you know, he's not the the best talker, even though he's really damn good. Uh, he's not the best wrestler, but he would take some pretty damn good bumps. But he's the working man's uh, wrestler. Yeah, he... Uh Pretty much. He was everybody's favorite, I think. And then Hell in a Cell happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was everyone's favorite. He was everybody's favorite after that. That, that made him. So anyway, uh, you want me to go first or you go first? Well, please go, sir. If you All want. right. So I was able to uh, work Edge onto my list. What? With uh, Foley versus Edge from WrestleMania 22. Very well done, sir. Um, I actually went back and watched this match. It's been years since I've seen it. And man, these, these guys really tear themselves apart. Uh, we have uh, Edge spearing Foley, uh, get himself cut with a barbed wire, which was awesome. Um, Foley bringing out the barbed wire bat and getting his butt kicked with that. Um, thumbtacks. Um, and eventually it ends with uh, Edge spearing uh, Foley through a flaming table to end the damn thing. Um, it was just a, a fun, awesome match overall. Um, and you really can't do that today, unfortunately, because of the violence, but for the time, I think it was really well done. Yeah, I mean, just... And you, you gotta appreciate it. I mean, the fact that they, honestly, they sold Edge short with, like, the short title run, I thought, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And But they, 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 um, they used McFoley to get him over, and um, it, it helped. So, yeah, that was yeah. great. Alright, so what's your number five? Um, I guess my top five list is he said three on three matches or, or more. Or more. And with the advice from the commissioner, I will not use any Royal Rumble matches because that's just too easy. Um, yeah, I can't really do those. Yeah, so I went with something that was newer, you know, just to give us an homage to you. Okay. 
Shield versus the Wyatts. Ooh, good choice, good choice. Which one? The Elimination Chamber. Yeah, the first one, yes. That was that was classic. I mean, the other ones after that were good, but it's just like with sequels to any movie, you can never recreate the match. That's true. This definitely, I mean, even before the match, they were chanting, this is awesome, which I think is, that's really, it was the best booking they'd done this entire year, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And like just, I mean, the hype going into it. I mean, it started like like the like last year, like Survivor Series time. But they never pulled the trigger on it. Yeah, they were they were teasing it just a little bit, but yeah, once they actually like committed to it, it was great. Yeah, but once they finally did, it was fan freaking tantastic. It was like one of the best matches. And it's it's definitely a top three or four for the entire year still so far. Uh, yeah, I would give them that. I would definitely give it that. All right, well, uh, my number four McFoley match, and you're probably not going to agree with me with this. Ooh. But granted, this is a top five list, so yeah. it's it's definitely one of his best matches. It's not the best one. In fact, it's the fourth one. Um, Hell in the Cell from King of the Ring 98. Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, granted, it was the match... That put yeah. him over. He was always like the top mid card. This made him a mid eventer. Um, I mean, as far as like wrestling, he didn't really wrestle in the match. Exactly. He is known for doing two bumps, two very sick bumps during this match. But um, besides that, he actually doesn't do any wrestling. Um, so that's why it's not as high in the card as it was. Um, I actually flip-flopped this with another one. But uh, but still, I mean, if you had to like, show me a big fully defining match, that would be it. Yeah, I mean, it really didn't do as much. Well, okay, it did enough for both guys, because Undertaker was starting to turn into a heel at that point. Yeah, yeah. This whole Ministry of Darkness thing are starting to get to that Oh point. my god, he's satanic! Oh my god, Mr. Vince McMahon is the higher power. Uh, yeah. But um, that was a good choice there. Yep. Uh, so for number four, I went with something that was a little bit surprising, considering it hasn't really held water today, but it was from SummerSlam, I think three, it was three or four years ago, like four years ago, I want to say. Okay. And it was the uh, like it was like a seven on seven match, and it had like it had it's unintentional. It had like Edge, Cena on the same team. It was like Daniel Bryan, Jericho. It was like all the main event guys going up against Nexus. Right, I do remember reading about that. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, but go on, please. And like, the, the the whole thing with Nexus was like they did all really well with them at that time. Like they just came in rough shot, you know, started taking down everybody it, it, they pretty much carbon copied the NWO but they're bright <laughs> like right off the bat and you know like the just seeing all those guys on the same team and you know the fact that Daniel Bryan was supposed to be on the Nexus team but got fired or suspended or something but came back with the veteran team like the match itself was fantastic and and it did a lot for, I mean obviously putting all those main event guys on one team Shows that they had a lot of promise in those rookies, and I, and I'd say Dan Ryan's the only one that stuck out of that group. Maybe um, there, but he's always hurt. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's kind of kind of sad, but uh, yeah, man, forgot about that. I think that's got to me. I probably should go back and watch it at some point. 
Good choice, sir. Good choice. Um, all right. So my number three match, and actually McFoley's favorite match, I think up to a certain point, uh, is Mankind versus Shawn Michaels, Mind Games, 1996. Oh. Because um, in terms of like a uh, McFoley actually like wrestling, wrestling, this is probably one of his best matches. He's gonna actually go in and get himself hit with a chair four times. This is actually him like doing hip tosses. Um, had some great psychology with Shawn Michaels and if you watch the match like their timing is impeccable these guys like honestly like make it look um, about nine degrees of real um, so it, it's a it's a fun match to go back and watch and see and he was you know he pretty much said like this is the point where he was like his physical and mental best in terms of being in the ring yeah um and I think they gave a lot of credit to, uh, or Shawn Michaels gave a lot of credit to Mankind and vice versa because it, Shawn Michaels had the whole, you know, goody two-shoe boy toy thing going on and they needed, he needed that kind of like, that kind of fight yeah. to get, help get him over. And yeah, I, I completely agree. It was fantastic. All right. So you're number three, sir. I went with a traditional Survivor Series match. Um, honestly, it's my favorite one like, of all time. Honestly, it is from 1991. It is it was Bret Hart with teaming with Roddy Piper, British Bulldog, and Virgil, the Million Dollar Champion, <laughs> going up against DiBiase, uh, the Mountie, the Warlord, and Ric Flair. Huh. It was like I think it was Flair's first match in the company since he got there. Right. And this the fact he kept going out there saying it was a real world champ and like just all the hype going to the match and they didn't disappoint. Like every every this is like the, a good example of even with like crap wrestlers like you know Virgil or you know the Warlord that they could make feuds and make them interesting with all those guys. And this match did not disappoint. I was just a huge fan of everybody in that match at the time. Even Virgil. Even Virgil with his little jumping juke and jive and his like you know punches of doom or whatever. Wow. Yeah. He actually considered that he uh, he wrestled at WrestleMania earlier that year. Mm-hmm. I think was it. Yeah, that year. Yeah, he WrestleMania wrestled DBS. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Midnight Belt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or actually, you just boxed him to death or something like that. Now, funny thing is, if you remember, uh, they digitized out the world title um, because he was wearing the WWF tag team title at the time. Right. Because of the court order saying he couldn't wear the WCW belt. So it's for yeah. the tag team title, and yeah, I remember that. That was some crazy, crazy times at that. But I know there's like better Survivor Series here and there, but I think it's for like a match with like characters that I enjoyed. That was a... They're not characters, real people. Anyway. Yeah. Well, the Mountie, I mean. Yeah, the Mountie. He always gets his man, right? He... He does. Uh, anyway, gets his man. He gets his man. Um, so my number two is uh, Mankind or Mick Foley or at this point I can't remember which gimmick he was using versus The Rock in the Royal Rumble 1999. Ooh, yeah, that was Mankind. If, yeah, if you remember this match, this is when he fell off the scaffolding into the uh, quote-unquote electrical system or whatever. Remember for Sparks, Paratechnics. Anyway, what really kind of defined the match was uh, he got t- like handcuffed and hit in the head about 20 times by The Rock. 
So this was a, a brutal, brutal match. I think it's pretty much the most brutal match I've ever seen, and I've seen a few of them. Um, so I think it's because it's. I mean, he lost the match obviously to The Rock, um, but this is really. I mean, he he shows that he's the hero you want to root for. He's the guy who's getting constantly beat up but keeps on going. Yeah. Did you ever watch? Uh, was it Beyond Beyond the? Turnbuckle or Beyond the Ropes or something. Beyond the Mat? Beyond the Mat, yeah. Um, I might have seen parts of it, yeah. They documented this match, like, big time just for the fact that, you know, like, Foley's kids were in the front row and they weren't <laughs> expect. he wasn't expecting to get beat up the way he did in The Rock, just, like, took him, like, went to town with that steel chair. Yeah, he really like, did. And, like, he, he saw his kids with him in the back and he was, like, getting stitches and bloody everywhere and, like, he could have, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the match itself. I mean, The Rock needed that kind of match because, I mean, he just—I don't know—but he needed that kind of edge to help him get over because he knew he was fighting Austin at WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah, he really needed to have the big win there. So that, I mean, the, the whole program that uh, The Rock and, and Foley did around this time between uh, Survivor Series and WrestleMania, I think, was one of the best things I've ever done in the company. Uh, those two really knew how to play off each other's strengths and weaknesses, and we're just complete polar opposites from each other, and so. I mean, just pairing them up throughout pretty much the rest of their careers together, I think, really worked out well. Yeah, no, they, the Rock and Suck did very well with each other. That's true. Um, so, number two. Mm. I went with the War Games 96. Ooh. The NWO team, which was Hogan, Hall, Nash, and Fake Sting, uh, going up against Luger. Flair, Art Anderson, and the real Sting, you came in, beat up everybody, and just, you know, said, screw you, you know, Lex, and then left. Yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, like, I don't know if you had a chance, but, like, I went back and watched a little bit of the stuff leading up to, like, because they have all the Nitros now on the network for right. how much? For nine ninety nine. It's great. It's still a great, it's even better deal now, but my God. Like, just watching the Nitros leading up to it, and then the match itself, like, it, they could not have started off building up Sting towards Starcade 97 any better, and this was it, because he, WCW didn't trust him, the NWO, you know, was there, and, you know, Sting was just like, screw this, I'm going to do everything on my own now, and this was the start of that. Yeah, and then what happened? Yeah, and then they botched it. They really botched it, because Hogan's ego, probably. This is very true. Uh, but always- the match itself, I mean, I don't know, the match itself was pretty good. I thought, like, I mean, if you ever see these war game matches, you always know that at the beginning, your workhorse guys are the ones who were in there first because they have to last the longest. Right. Which was like R. Anderson and Scott Hall. So mm-hmm. it was good to see those guys get in there and, you know, when Scott Hall's head was on straight, so to speak. Yeah. So it was, it was, it, I, I enjoyed it. It was very good. <laughs> Number one, sir. Number one McFoley match of all time. And I, this is kind of, uh, I would say, almost like a personal favorite match. But this match, I think, is really not about the, any characters that uh, McFoley played. It's probably about the man himself. Um, so you remember 
back in uh, 98-99 the ratings you, uh, I was sitting back and forth constantly um, to the point where I just taped one and then watched the other one uh, the day afterwards just trying to keep myself away from spoilers uh, between Run and Monday Nitro was a huge huge um, battle of course for the ratings um, and this match um, pretty much was a, a big win for the WWF uh, over WCW and it was Mankind versus The Rock for the title and you know you think Mankind he's not really the guy who looks like a champion uh, acts like a champion he's not really championship material um, but despite all odds, she was able to, and uh, lots and lots of lots of help. I mean, this pretty much, if you've wanted to find the Attitude Era in one match, just go back and watch this thing, because it's it's Mankind, um, and then with DX in his corner, the corporations in the Rock's corner, there's all sorts of interference, cheating, uh, and eventually the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out, run, runs out, and then stuns uh, the Rock, and then Mankind, of course, pins him. Um, but what really won the match, I think, uh, or made it big win for WWE was that they gave away this result on WCW and like what was the number it was like some between like five and seven hundred thousand viewers five hundred thousand yeah yeah half a million people changed the channel just to watch a match they knew who was the winner gonna be was going to be when that was mankind so I think that really this match really is some of all the hard work that McFoy put into professional wrestling yeah, agreed. I mean, considering that the same night it went up against the finger poke of doom. Ooh. <laughs> it was the beginning of the end, folks, as Kavanash finger pokes poor Hulk Hogan in the chest. I'm not even going to lie. I was so happy about that match. I, I actually stayed on Nitro and watched that. Uh, really? Well, because I had the NWO shirt that had, like, the red on one side and white on the other. I was like, finally, this makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, um, was uh, it was just a bad, bad time for everybody. Was just face. I regret nothing. Well, except well, it was bad in WCW. It was great in the WWF. It was mm. it was ninety nine. I think it was one of the well, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. Man, those were some good times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no joke there. All right, so what's your number one? Yeah, like, team match of all time. <laughs> I went with, uh, what was this, uh, Wrestle War 92. Okay. And it was uh, Sting Squadron. It was <laughs> Sting, Barry Windham, Dusty, Dustin Rose, excuse me, uh, Ricky Steamboat, and Nikita Koloff hmm. against Paul Heyman's Dangerous Alliance with Steve Austin, Rick Rude, R. Anderson, Bobby Eaton, who was getting a singles push, and the living legend, Larry Zabisco. Wow, that does sound... Uh, I, I, I remember reading about that and how good the match was. I probably should go back and watch it on... On the uh, WWE Network. Probably $9.99. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really good deal, but I'm, I'm just saying this match has has it all. It's got Steve Austin years before any like neck problems kept him from being a great wrestler. And then you had Arn Anderson, you know, like every guy in that match could go. And there was no it it's like the best pure match I've seen with that many guys in one place at one time. Hmm. Like I don't think you can personally in a match where it's like five on five, you can't get better than this. I haven't seen anything better than this, honestly. <laughs> It's well, worth watch. I recommend it. I would watch it right now if, <laughs> if I could. 
Well, if I ever get a chance to, I will go ahead and, uh, and watch it. But unfortunately, I got De- Destiny tonight, so I'm going to go ahead and play that for a while. Yeah, no, I completely understand. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, uh, good good top five list. Um, for you, 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 there any matches that was hard to leave off? Um, I did consider the Boiler Room Brawl. Uh, I never seen the match, uh, so I went back and, and started watching it just to see if it had a place. And then turned it off about ten minutes in. It's actually kind of crappy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that I wanted to go back and, and check out. I mean, obviously my list is just WWF and WWE matches. Mm-hmm. And he's got plenty of uh, matches in uh, ECW and, uh, and WCW that are probably worth watching, too, um, that maybe if we get around to it, I might do, like, list number two, like, the greatest, like, Mick Floyd matches outside of the WWF. And uh, I don't think I'm going to consider any TNA matches, but that's just me. He, he had a match with Abyss that wasn't too bad, but uh, I, I highly recommend just, just two super quick. There was... There was like a tag match in '93, like Beach Blast or something like that. I think it okay. was. It was him and Max Payne against the Nasty Boys, and they just beat the living crap out of each other. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. And then they had. It was the year before that. It was it was Mick Cactus Jack against uh, Sting, but it was like a non-title match. You know, Sting was a heavyweight champion at the time. He basically get he basically did for Sting what he did for Shawn Michaels four years later. Huh. So yeah, so that probably be worth watching. Then I'll check those out if I get the chance. Um, but anyway, um, good list all around. Uh, so now, next week, what will you give me in terms of a topic? Top five. Uh, oh, it, it, like you said, based off of uh, your near fatal incident, top five collisions, which basically is just like you know, like your top five best main events, regardless. Of, like, I would say regardless of a paper, like where like the the buildup was so good and like you just couldn't wait to see the match. Yeah. Okay. That sounds uh, like a doable effort. Um, and for you, uh, top five. Mm. Mm. Make this really difficult for you. Um, probably gonna dislike. Don't say it. Top five China matches. Oh. Ah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, thank God. But I will give you the top five AAA, Triple H matches of all time. I thought you were going with John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> John Cena is so much worse. With the exception that you can be like, you know what, Brian? John Cena matches, no Cena Edge matches. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> all right, fine, fine. You can fine. find a few good ones you've enjoyed over the years. You know, I you know this will be this will actually be the second week. No, this will be the second week in a row where I won't use Edge because Triple H versus Edge was a terrible title match. Uh, it was Triple H's fault, of course. But um, you know, so yeah, that that's good. Triple H, I can handle that. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. for the DB and uh, J podcast, I'm Jim Michael Jim. Fast count, Brian. We will always miss you, Cheshire. Yeah, Cheshire, come back to us sometime. Yep, 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 yep.